Let's talk about emissions and cars. We were talking about this last week when um, the news broke of the government's planned preferred model for cutting back on emissions and carbon in Australia by uh, introducing a policy where car makers will be slugged if their cars, total sales as I understand it, uh, breach a uh, an emissions threshold. So if they sell too many of a type of car, depending on its emissions, then they'll be paying a tax as a result of doing that. Well, you can bet who's going to pay for that tax. If the car maker and retailer does, it'll be the customer. The idea is cars with high emissions get priced uh, higher and in your budget you're having to buy a smaller, less pollution-emitting vehicle, four-cylinder instead of six or six instead of eight, whatever it might be. It also likely means less SUVs and utes out on the rail, uh, on the road. Where does that leave tradies? All these questions. Well, the latest research done by the Australian Automotive Dealer Association, I suppose you might say, well, they would say this, wouldn't they? But um, people want free choice, not surprisingly, in what cars they buy. Uh, Electric vehicles, while the proportion of the market open to buying an EV has grown, the biggest barrier remains the purchase price. No surprise there. Let's talk about this. James Vortman is CEO, Australian Automotive Dealers Association. James, good morning. Morning, Matthew. Now, this is interesting feedback because uh, and research. It shows not everyone is on side. In fact, very few people seem to be on side with where the government's going. Yeah, look, that's right. We, as Australians, for the past decade or so, have started purchasing SUVs and utes in in great numbers. And while in recent years we've seen more electric vehicles um, make up part of the the new vehicle sales numbers, it's still coming off a low base um, and there's still a lot of people being put off by, by, amongst other things, the, the cost of those vehicles. Yeah, indeed. Where's this going to leave tradies or people, for whatever reason, just want a ute, a big ute? I mean, the choice should be there to buy. They shouldn't be priced out of the market by government policy, should they? Well, look, that is the biggest risk of this policy. Um, If we go too hard, too fast on this, the effect could be a reduction in vehicle choice. So manufacturers might feel that they need to pull certain uh, of their vehicles, such as utes or SUVs, from the market or they'll have to pay fines or purchase credits, uh, which has to go onto the price of the vehicle somewhere. So, you know, that's why we are very supportive of fuel efficiency standards, um, but they have to be set at an achievable rate, because if if they don't do so, the the consequences for choice and affordability could be um, adverse. Yeah. What what else does the uh, the research tell you in terms of people looking to replace vehicles? I mean, I imagine we're all holding on to our cars a bit longer just simply because there's not enough money going around. Inflation remains high. Look, that's, that's uh, the, that was the key finding from this. Cost of living uh, pressures are uh, a central concern for many of the people we surveyed. And as a result, um, you know, the overwhelming majority said they would uh, hold on to their current car for longer. And uh, around 60% were saying that they were less likely to explore an electric vehicle at this stage due to those cost of living pressures. So um, it's certainly something that's weighing on everyone's mind, weighing on every purchasing decision they make, including a new vehicle. Yeah, Uh, EVs, they're not making it easy for people to get into them, both the manufacturers with high costs and the government with a a lack of incentive, essentially, to buy them. I mean, uh, uh, governments Mm. did have... 
policies in place. Here in South Australia, we've ended the, the rebate. Uh, if it hasn't ended mm. yet, it's about to on the 30th of June of uh, new new EVs being uh, being sold. Um, mm. there's a, there was a mileage tax uh, in Victoria. That's been ruled out by the High Court now. But I suppose the only incentive is you're not paying a fuel tax. Look, that's one incentive. There are also incentives for, for people who are fortunate enough to to have a, an electric vehicle through their employer and salary package that vehicle. Mm. Um, but the point we've made is we need more. Um, other countries, such as the United States, such as Europe, which have implemented fuel efficiency standards, have supplemented those standards with very, very generous uh, purchase incentives. So if we're being asked to catch up with the rest of the world, uh, we should be incentivising the consumers in Australia in the same way that the rest of the world has done. Yeah, is there a, a market for second-hand EVs? Do you think? Look, we, we we've got very good data on on the second-hand market. We put out a, a report every month which tracks the performance of the used car market. At this point in time, electric vehicle sales make up zero point seven of of used cars sold in Australia. That's out of a total of around 2 million. So it's a very immature market. And the only way to build up that used car market um, is for a lot more new electric vehicles to come on stream and then, um, you know, end up on the used car market. Uh, but but the point here is is um, there's still a bit of hesitancy for many. They, they, they aren't comfortable around things like the the life of the battery yeah. um they they also have probably um you know seen that the resale values of these older electric cars don't help hold up as well as petrol and diesel cars so you know we're early in this technology and there's some teething problems we believe the technology will improve and sort that out um, but i think the biggest message we are seeing from consumers at the moment is that um, there's cautiousness around embracing EVs and probably will be in the next few years. Yeah, that's that's interesting, isn't it? So the, the cautiousness there, I mean, it really means people who have bought them to date are essentially guinea pigs in, in to a degree. Well, look, there, there is obviously a massive element of, uh, you know, early adopters in these first electric vehicles. But, you know, EVs do make sense for certain people. If you can afford the vehicle, yeah. if you have a... Uh, if you don't have a long commute um, and, uh, you know, you don't stray far away from your home where you charge the car, that might work for you. And if you're if you're lucky enough to be employed uh, by the government who, who enables you to uh, to enter a novated lease for a car, that's another, um, uh, you know, benefit. But uh, it's not universally available to everyone at the moment. It's not yeah. universally affordable to all Australians at the moment. Um, and that will only change with time. Yeah, indeed. James, what would you like the government to do in terms of an emissions policy? What to you, to the association, is a, an ideal uh, emissions-type policy? Because there's certainly going to be one. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Yes. So so what would you like yeah. it to look like? Look, and we support an emissions policy. We want one. But we want one that isn't um, asking us to, to do as much as, as this one in such a short period of time. They've given us five years to reduce vehicle emissions by 60%. I think we need to look at extending that five years closer to the 10-year mark or maybe somewhere in between five and 10. But five years is the biggest stumbling block of this policy. We also need to introduce those incentives, um, whether those are means-tested, um, I don't know, but we need to to um, do what those other countries have done and try and stimulate some of that demand. 
And the, th the third thing I'd say around this policy, which is a bit of a technical point, is we need to separate out those SUVs and put them in the same category as the utes. Because if we, we think that the ask for utes are big, the, the same applies for some of those larger SUVs which have been bundled into a passenger car category. So there's a bit of work to do. We're hoping the government will listen to us in this next phase of consultation um, and that we can get a, a policy that industry can support and that consumers um, will not lose out on. Interesting about SUVs. I mean, they've certainly in the ascendancy in recent years and, and probably still are amongst mm -hmm. the top-selling cars, bigger SUVs. I mean, put the utes to one side because uh, mm -hmm. they're largely a tradie vehicle as opposed to a family car. But... Um, but some people have them and, and works very well for them. But mm. SUVs, the mm. reasons people are buying, is it the space? Is it the size? Because the size also mm. comes with it, the big thing on the roads, safety. Yeah, no, look, you, you, you ask a very good question because we, we noticed this trend over the last uh, sort of decade or longer even where, where there's been this gradual move to SUVs. And um, I think a lot of people like the higher driving position. Yeah. They probably feel that it gives them that visibility. Yeah. There's also that perception um, of, of space. Um, and, you know, if you're popular amongst families who... You just want to throw stuff in the in the boot. Um, and then also, you know, it provides that kind of performance for people looking to get away, get out of the, the city, potentially mm -hmm. towing a, a caravan. So I think there are a number of examples. I also think some of the SUVs being produced today really look fantastic and do appeal to a lot of people in a, in a design sense. Um, but, you know, regardless of why people have migrated towards that car, it is by far and away the most popular segment um, in Australia and many other markets at the moment. Yeah. And just finally, James, with emissions, diesel cars, uh, technology on diesel has moved a long way from even 10 years mm. ago, but certainly from 30, 40, 50 years ago. The catalytic converters mm. in them now capturing the particulates and burning them off on, uh, if you take a highway drive for 20 minutes or so, uh, all of that. Mm. So are they better off? Are you better off with a, with a low-burning fuel in, in diesel as opposed to petrol? I mean, if we're worried about emissions, is diesel the way to go moving forward? Look, I, I think when we have this discussion about what the um, sort of most appropriate technology is, I actually think those technologies um, are yet to be invented and that, uh, you know, the appropriate method is to do what the government's doing, which is to look at emissions, try and set an appropriate guideline and let those manufacturers uh, try and develop whatever technologies they can uh, to, to get there. And I think we'll see major advances in battery electric vehicles, uh, we'll see um, potentially hydrogen um, becoming more of a realistic option. Um, but even, you know, don't rule out further improvements to those petrol and diesel um, engines, you know. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of people a lot cleverer than me working on this in a lab somewhere. And, um, and you know, the, the, the manufacturers of these products have massive research budgets. So, um, you know, I always hesitate to pick a winner. But, um, you know, I, what I do know is that Australians at the moment are buying a lot of hybrid vehicles, yeah. and hybrid vehicles are another major part of, of the, the wider emissions reduction yeah. in our industry. Indeed. Uh, James, appreciate your insights. Thank you. Thank you for having me. James Vortman there, CEO, Australian Automotive Dealers Association.